Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. What's up, y'all? T-Bob here from Snaps daily college football show that i hope you really enjoy and i've been getting a lot of crap on my show lately about you know uh, uh choosing alabama over Texas. so you know what i didn't do though i didn't bet on him you know who i did bet on kansas okay and i did it on the DraftKings sports we got because when it comes on where i like to gamble i love the DraftKings app and it's because they got incredible offers if you're already a DraftKings customer we'll check this out Every single NFL game day during September, you're not going to have just one, but two new offers waiting on you when you sign in. So you'll have to sign up, sign in to see exactly what those offers are. But just remember Thursday, Sunday, Monday, every NFL game day, all customers getting two exciting offers from DraftKings to play with. It's a ton of fun. But what if you're a new customer? Well, I've got an even better deal for you. You use the promo code TBOB when you sign up. Okay. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Promo code TBOB, T B O B. You bet $5 on any NFL game, you get $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's right. That's right. Put five down on any of the games. Don't have to win. You get $200 instantly in bonus bets. You can go play with those on college football, NFL, whatever you want. You can play with those. That's those incredible deals you get. So you see it. There's not a more fun place to get in on the action than DraftKings. And you can do all your same game parlays, multi-game parlays, whatever you want. So download the app now, sign up with the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, $5, gives you $200 in bonus bets instantly. And for returning customers, remember every NFL game day, two exciting new offers from your official sports betting partner of the NFL DraftKings. The crown is yours. If you got a gambling problem, call 100Gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. 
going on, Amp? Welcome in to another episode of Snaps, daily college football podcast that I hope you enjoy. And if you do, like it, share it, tell your friends about it, help us spread the good word. Um, I am T-Bob Bear, one of your hosts, joined, as always, by QB1, Mr. Aaron Murray. What's up, Aaron? Looking fresh with the fade. I, too, got yeah. caught up. I got to wear my pods again. You can't see my hair because it's headphones, but uh, you look good. You got a haircut? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You can't tell. It looks good, though. I'm telling you. It looks great, but no, you can't. My, 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 my lady who cut my hair today did something really interesting at the end. She had grabbed a brush, put like a, sh- not Sharpie, but like some makeup pen into the brush. And then filled out my beard with the brush. Huh. You yeah. do have like, actually, look at that. You do have like more. I know. Yeah. You have more solid scruff than you normally do. Bro, that is a fuckboy. That is a fuckboy ass fade. Oh my <laughs> God. Turn to the side. Turn to the side. I, I, if I saw you at a bar, I would think that we probably wouldn't be friends. I, I don't know. I don't know. That is a Tampa ass fade right there, dude. Hell yeah. Let's go. Um, like that guy. We're, 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 I went full zero. I went full bald fade today for the first I time. I know. I can tell. I am. It, it yeah. is. It is shocking that you're just a, that in reality, you're a good father of two a happily married family man because you look like someone that is texting three to four girls at all time that actively tenders while he's in a relationship uh unbelievable dude looking good mm. i appreciate good. it feeling good feel good um i'm feeling good too because we got what is it 11 ranked games coming up this weekend like or it's like seven ranked on ranked or something like that it's uh it's an absurd six. number uh six yeah. You just keep working, keep working your way down. Kind of fucked up the hype there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. It's a great slate of console. We got a bunch of games we want to talk about. So this week we're doing something a little different where we are going to uh, start our game breakdowns today. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tomorrow we'll do the three big boys, Ole Miss, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Colorado, Oregon. Probably a bit of news as well. Today, we're going to dive straight in. We're going to talk FSU Clemson, UCLA Utah, um, Auburn A&M, Arkansas LSU, Oregon Washington State, or excuse me, Oregon State, Washington State, and then Iowa Penn State. So a lot of games to get to today. Mm-hmm. I will say, not really from a gambling perspective, though some of that may sneak in at times. Of course, on yep. Friday, bring your gambling show with Colin Wilson um, from the Action Hour crew. I love dearly. I had so much fun mm-hmm. last week. Cannot wait again. All right, Aaron, um, real quick before we begin, remember youtube.com slash at volume snaps. Uh, we're trying to push to 10K, just hit five last week. Please help us. Obviously, that's a double, so, you know, that's hard. But uh, if you enjoy the show, man, well, just, you know, do a solid like, subscribe. When we're deeply, mm-hmm. deeply grateful. And share with your friends. Tell your friends about it who also enjoy college football. Because right now, so many of y'all are watching and liking that it's really helping the algorithm put us in front of other college football fans. We want to continue to do that. So we keep doing the show because we love it. All right. Um, let's dive into it. Aaron, Florida State, Clemson. Here's my deal. And uh, this is in Death Valley. Okay, Florida State, you know, this mm-hmm. is it. We gave you a free pass for the BC game. I get it. Look at spot, drop off from the LSU opponent. Why in the world with anything Boston College had showed you the first two weeks of the season, would you be worried at all about them 
bad weather. Like, I get all the excuses. So, again, we gave you a free pass. I believe you to be, Florida State, one of the most complete teams in the entire country. Like I said, Florida State, top 10 O-line, top 10 D-line, top 10 secondary, top 10 quarterback, top 10 weapons, elite everywhere. Clemson, on the other hand, elite nowhere. Okay, there is no way, Florida State, if you are real championship contenders, if you are supposed to be who you're supposed to be, I don't care if the game is in Death Valley, you already beat another team that plays in Death Valley. Yeah. Okay, there is no way that you should fuck this up this weekend. Florida State, this is your time to announce yourself to the country. Say, forget about that Boston College game. Who gives a shit about that? We are a true title contender like you win this game who knows next week you might be the number one team in the country for snaps top 10 depending on how other things break out like there, there's yeah. a real opportunity to get people to believe that you are a true national championship contender here no i and and i'm i'm and i've said this the other day in the show when the sense of of that first game for lsu and it was a great win and, and they they dominate especially in the second half but i don't think lsu played nearly as good as they could have and should have and i think we've seen what lsu's identity is these past two weeks. So I honestly still have some question marks about Florida State. Like how good in elite are they? You look at them defensively, you just you you kind of went through the entire roster T, but when it comes to the stats, they are dead last in the ACC when it comes to passing yards given up per game. And it's not like they're going against a vaunted passing attack. Like that's 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 the one saving grace this this weekend versus Clemson is Klubnik is still prone to a ton of mistakes. Even if you watch him last week, two or three times he threw the ball into coverage that should have been intercepted and the defenders play defense for a reason. They dropped the pass. He's not a refined passer. The receivers on the outside are not dominant, but you still need to go out there and show me. Show me against a, 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 a Clemson passing bad attack. Passing that, attack. Yeah. A bad passing attack that you can shut them down, that yeah. you can eliminate them. And then also I want to see from this defense from Florida State, can you keep Klubnik in the pocket? I think that should be the goal of this game. You look at last week versus Boston College, what hurt Florida State? It's when the quarterback got outside was being creative with his legs. That's when some of those big chunk plays happened down the field. So make Klubnik a quarterback inside the pocket, uh, and I think you'll be fine, man. Like I think your D-line can handle business against Clemson's uh, you know, offensive line. You can make them a little bit more one-dimensional. And uh, you flip it over to the other side, Clemson is not – not the defense that we we've been accustomed to seeing no. at all. And we know Florida state Jordan Travis, you know, I don't know how healthy he's going to be. Is he 80%? Is he 90%? Oh, I, I don't think it really matters. I think he's going to be just fine. And those playmakers and outsiders are going to continue to make plays. So uh, this is a big moment. I think they're ready for it based on what we saw versus LSU. Like, I don't think they're going to shy yep. away. <clears throat> and once you win this football game, to me, yeah, they may be the number one team in the country when it's all said and done after this weekend. Look, if if Mike Norvell, if you can't, if you let this flawed Dabo Sweeney team beat you, then it's never going to happen. Like, yeah. and it's interesting because if you were just listening to this game and you didn't pay a ton of attention to college football, like, well, likely as closely as everybody listening does, uh, then you might think, well, hold on now. Like, Clemson's been great forever. They've been winning national championships. And what's Florida State's been? Nothing. And that's all true, but it has no bearing on this mm -hmm. year. Like, I don't care about what's happened the past few years. It's time to break the wheel. Time for FSU to take over the ACC once again. And it's all right there in front of it. And really, quite frankly, there's no excuse not to. You are better. Mm -hmm. Like, it's weird. I don't really care about Florida State stats as much, Aaron. 
Like, I don't care uh, that they don't have like three receivers uh, leading the country like Washington does. I don't care that, like, you're not going to look at anything on paper. Like you said, worst pass teams to the ACC. You know, I don't think many ACC teams have gone against a passing attack like what Jaden Daniels is bringing to bear. And yeah. if you could contain Jaden Daniels in that Tiger offense and have so much success against what I think is one of the best lines in the entire country. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't do the same thing against Clubnick and Clemson, unless it, it the moment's just too big for you. Yeah, and Clemson in be. your head is just a boogeyman. It's just too big. I don't think it will. I, yeah. I saw Florida State minus two and a half, and the only thing that makes me uncomfortable is how comfortable I felt jumping to go pick that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Florida State should 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 and and the reason why I'm so high and I don't care about stats is because I you know I I really dove in and I studied them firsthand and they just look above a college yes. team. They just look like they got NFL guys at every single level and and I think Norvell Norvell remains an elite offensive mind. And so no, miss me with any. There are no excuses, FSU. If you don't win this weekend, it is a total failure. But I think you will. So, you know, yeah, I, I, this will be a consistent, th- 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 this will be a consistent thing for me over the next two days as we break some of these games down, who has the, the better quarterback and who has the better receivers. It's, it, to me, like that, that's what's what, that's what college football has come down to. Like who has the better skill and who is the better guy that can get them the ball in space and go make plays. And you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country Jordan Travis a top three receiving unit in the country with, with what they have there at Florida state. Plus you throw in the tight end as well. And you flip it over to Clemson. You have a, a, a very green quarterback that's still trying to get his, his, his footing in a new offense and you have average receivers. Like it's, it's yeah. a mega difference between the two. And, and to me that that is where college football is nowadays. The halves of the elite offenses that can score points because you have more receivers than a team can cover on that side of the football and those that just don't have that. And Clemson does not have this secret sauce that we, we are just still, for those who haven't watched football or Clemson this year, you know, you're, you're so used to the Trevor Lawrence's and the Sean's and, 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 and the receivers they've had. They don't have that right now at all. And it's going to bite them in the ass this weekend. And uh, look, I know that because, I mean, look, the, look, Duke beat Clemson 28-7. And I know it's a weird game that the computers hate because it's a huge outlier game where actually the raw box score should say that that game should have been really close or that maybe Clemson should have even won, but I don't give a fuck. They beat Duke, or excuse me, Duke beat Clemson 28-7, and I think you're way better than Duke. So FSU, erase any of the doubt. The LSU win announced you to the world. Okay, Mm -hmm. This BC game, for some, maybe started making people look at you a bit sideways. You go take care of Clemson. You are very clearly the best team in the ACC. You erase any doubt. The rest of the year will be playoff talk, championship talk. Get ready. So this is a massive opportunity. If Florida State wants to be officially, officially back, there will be no argument you can make against them being back if you do it this weekend. This is is everyone's opportunity in the ACC this year to feel good by just you're knocking down Clemson. And the same thing could be said mm-hmm. for the SEC and the SEC West. Like this is yeah. this is everyone's opportunity to knock down Alabama. Like two of the better programs in college football for for a decade plus. You know, obviously Alabama's been been doing it a little bit longer than Clemson, but Clemson has been one of those dominant ones. Multiple national championships, been in the playoffs yep. a bunch, all, all the good stuff, first round draft picks, first pick. They are like everyone is now licking their chops saying they got a broken wing. 
they ain't the same. Like this is our year where we close the gap, possibly beat them. And then from there, you know, who knows what the future lies. And the same thing, once again, can be said for Alabama and the SEC. Like everyone is looking at it like this is our year and we'll get to Lane Kiffin and that game tomorrow. But this is our year to knock the big boy out. All right, so that is uh, so that's Clemson, Florida State. Obviously, we're in agreement. Uh, Florida yeah. State's clearly the better team; they should win. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got another ranked on. Or excuse me, that's not ranked on ranked. Um, we we have our first ranked to ranked matchup. They were breaking down number twenty two UCLA taking on number eleven Utah, and for the Utes, Aaron, uh, it's all about injuries, and it's not just Cam Rising, though. I am tempted to reduce this game to its barest essence and just say, if Cam Rising plays, I think Utah wins. If Cam Rising doesn't play, I think UCLA wins. Um, however, the problem with the problem with UCLA, right, or excuse me, the problem with Utah is it's not just Cam Rising. According to Kyle Willingham, Kyle Willingham they are down 15 to 16 players that would be in the two deep on that roster right now. That includes, uh, is it Quaith? Quoth? I never know how to say his last name. The tight end that was super badass against Florida last year. He's yeah. awesome. Great quote. He remains out with an ACL. No idea if he's going to be back or not. Connor O'Toole, their best defensive end, hands down, remains out. Junior Tafuna, their best overall defensive lineman there in the mm. interior. Here, he and his top backup remain out. And then how about this? How about this? Even their transfer kicker, Cole Becker, missed last game. So there is something... <laughs> insane going on in Utah right now. But the thing is, I'm not so sold on UCLA yet that I think that if you have a healthy Cam Rising, they can go into Utah and come away with a win with the two-time defending Pac-12 champion. So so to me, it's all about Cam Rising, Aaron. Well, in a little bit, to me, it's more about Dante, Dante Moore, the quarterback okay. for UCLA. Like, I think that's the bigger question in this football game. And, and let's just go back to UCLA's schedule real quick. They've played Coastal Carolina, yeah. San Diego State, mm-hmm. and North Carolina Central. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Like, like, what have they really done this season? Like, this is the week. Like, I I, I, I hate that we're going to say this. I hope we don't say it a bunch. Like this is the prove it week. Like well, everyone, kind of is most the of the teams, yeah, this though. is the, yeah. Like everyone got through their preseason, yeah. But it's just still so hard to judge a freshman quarterback. That I don't know if you can consider going to San Diego State a true road test for him and a road game for him. Like this is going to be, and we saw it versus Florida. Like this is a hostile environment. This yeah. is one of the tougher places to play in the Pac-12, and you're going to be on the road for the first time as a young quarterback. And and I've watched every single game for UCLA on the offensive side of the football. I think he's good. I think I just I, I I don't know if he's good enough right now. Three games into his because he didn't start as the first game of the season. Even if Cam Rising doesn't play, even if Cam Rising I, doesn't play, I think Utah is a better coach. I think Utah, yep. even with the injuries, has the better defense. And mm-hmm. and and I'm just telling you, man. Like I've been in that situation as as a as a freshman quarterback, and I was I was a redshirt freshman. Going into a hostile environment like that for the first time, very few quarterbacks can go in there with all the pressure in the world, primetime television, two undefeated teams, the back-to-back Pac-12 champions, and go out there and have a good day against one of the better defenses in the country. I just think it's a tall task to ask for the young man. It is. It is. And it's weird because, like we said, he's a top 10 graded quarterback in the country, right? But... Again, Coastal's not a bad win. He didn't get to play that whole game, but he did start the last two. San Diego State's not a bad win. And then look, against against who was it? NC Central? 
He was actually, if you look at PFF's top graded quarterbacks in the entire country last week, Shadur 92, Penix 92-3, Riley Leonard 92-7, Dante Moore 94-1, then Van Dyke 94-2. Again, though, what I'm saying is he's been look, excellent look, against these lesser teams, but obviously the step up look, here is massive. You're going from the least to the best. Look, look at look at the, look at just look at Utah's defense this year. Go back to the first game. And I and and you know. Kind of remember what Florida just looked like versus Tennessee, and I'm not trying to like make Tennessee to be like these world beaters on defense, but Florida ran right through them. Those running backs were electric. You go back to the first game of the season, Florida at Utah, 13 total yards rushing, 13 total yards rushing. Right now, they are giving up 65 total yards on the ground uh, this season. Like this is this is this is a defense that's going to say, "Hey, freshman." beat us because we ain't letting anyone run on us right now. So are you going to tell me a, a true freshman is going to have to put the weight of his shoulders on his back and go out there and win a football game? If he does, then, then, then Chip Kelly's got a, 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 a superstar immediately right now. I just, I mean, I was going to say, I don't that- believe it, man. I think the defense for Utah is too good. They're going to make them one-dimensional. I can see a couple of mistakes from the young quarterback. Well, but that is strength on strength, right? Chip Kelly teams run the ball. Like, yeah, that's what they, they do. do. And, then, and then you look it up right now. Well, so does Florida, though. So does Florida, uh, though. UCLA clearly in the lead of the Pac-12, averaging 270 yards a game on the ground right now. They're averaging yep. seven and a half yards a carry, Aaron. I'm Who kind of with have you. they played? No, no, no. So that's, so that's what I was getting at, though. I mean, as nice as that sounds, I am with you that, like, that's that's unsustainable against a great defense. Yes, it's not. It's 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 not possible to go out in Utah and average seven and a half yards of carry. So, I think. Look, I think if Cam doesn't play, though, I think UCLA. I think they will win. Mm-hmm. But if Cam Rising plays, I think Utah wins. And I'll say this: I think Cam Rising plays. Reading uh, Utah beat writers, apparently Whittingham was like he entered the press conference and without even being asked. Said, uh, Cam, oh, yeah, he practiced today, he did a great job, but we'll know nothing for 48 hours at a minimum. Then, of course, we won't make an announcement. You'll just find out on game day who the guy is. That's the best I can tell you right now. And uh, Michelle Bodkin, who is a beat writer um, that covers Utah, said, quote, while nothing concrete was given either way, Witt's answer felt a little different than some of the responses given in the past. And I know that sounds uncommittal, but I read a lot of beat writers and they have good reads on these things. And also, you better hope he's ready to go, Aaron, because like this kicks off. Here's here's Utah's schedule. Home against ranked UCLA. At number 14, Oregon State. Slight break against Cal. Then at number 5, USC. Home against number 10, Oregon. So four of the next five games against ranked teams. UCLA probably the least of those ranked teams. So you need Cam Rising to get back in form as this schedule only gets tougher and tougher. And if want to keep playing, then it goes to Arizona State into number eight Washington on the road, then Zona mm. into 19 Colorado. So like mm. seven. That's every Pac-12 schedule though right now. Like okay, that's, that that's is every, that is. But okay, so that's why I didn't go. Schedule. That's why at first I kept it a four of the five. Yes. Not many have four of the five. Like like. uh like yeah, it's a, it's uh like coming up. I mean, we, what do we always say like teams you know what hinders a, a team from winning a championship that that of at utah's caliber and i know it's still probably hard for you know fans to, to fathom in a in a conference with oregon and, and usc and some of these other schools that that utah has been the defending back-to-back champs of the pac-12 yeah so like 
what hinders them from going for the three-peat, what hinders Georgia from going for a three-peat. It's, it's injuries. Yeah. Uh, it's Always. injury bug right now. And it's, that's, that's the number one thing that will stop you from, from getting back to the Pac-12 championship. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in the sense of right now, regardless, cam rising, no cam rising, I think Utah at home will win this football game. Okay. Okay. Confident. There we go. Uh, maybe take the spread on that in here in a little bit. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bowl flavor, full pouches. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Next up, we head over to the SEC. Man, we got a little Auburn versus Texas A&M. Um, hmm. Interesting here looking at these two. 
And Aaron, I kind of think it's pretty clear, right? These are two teams in um, somewhat similar situations. And there are teams that have very high expectations. They have a lot of talent. They have not been performing to that talent level. Uh, the only issue is we are early on in the freeze rebuild, whereas Jimbo has been able to bake for a while. I, I guess what I think is like, I think of these two teams as existing in similar uh, states, only A&M is more so, right? Like A&M has a quarterback they fully believe in. They have elite weapons. They have slightly more talent. They are at home. I think I think this is an A&M win. I, I, I lean toward that too a little bit, and, and I think it helps for the fact that I was in Auburn last weekend calling their football game and got to see those guys up close and see what they look yeah, like definitely. on both sides of the football. Um, it's 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 a good it's a good team, man. It's a, it's a seven and five football team for Auburn, but the talent is just not there compared to what A and M has. And 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 yeah, like I think we we also get caught in the to kind of go against that too. We we do get caught into that that kind of conclusion all the time with A and M though of well the talent is better than so and so. Well the talent huh. is better than Miami, so A and M should sure. win. Well like like at well, some point but- we do at some point we do have to like not lean on that as much because they, they are one of the most underachieving football programs out there. A&M no is. doubt. No doubt. hundred percent they are. But there are key differences in the Miami setup. First off, Miami's oh, pretty much just as talented as Auburn, right? But yeah, it's quarterback, right? Yeah. Tyler Van Dyke is looking like Tyler Van Dyke again. He looks like a top yes. 10 quarterback in the country. Um, I think Hugh Freeze has been really creative in what he's doing with Auburn and yep. Peyton Thorne and Rob, Robbie Ashford. But... It's not anything that is like, I mean, bro, it's not Connor Wigman. Like, and, and if we want to look at when AM has fucked up in the past, it's been like, like last year, did they have all the talent in the world? Yes. But you know what they had? They had an injured and young offensive line. They had a bad offensive system. They had a rotating door at quarterback due to injuries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so all those elements are kind of removed now. Like, even if you don't think Bobby Petrino is great. His system is better. I would the offense has been better than it was under Jimbo. Yep. That's objectively true. The offensive line is more stable and has been better. Mm-hmm. And you have you know exactly who your quarterback is. So like AM still probably not going to reach their full potential, but they're not um the disaster of five and seven last year. No, 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 definitely not. I so the two of the big issues with Auburn is 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 the turnovers. I mean, they had four turnovers versus Cal. Mm. Uh, Payne Thorn threw two interceptions last week. Like that's 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 kind of turning to a major problem. I will say the one thing about Payne Thorn, like he impressed me last week throwing the football. Like he's a better thrower than I was anticipating. Kind of what we saw from him at Michigan State, and he's a better runner too. Like I kept expecting in a blowout victory to see a ton of Robbie Ashford, especially against the defense they were facing last week. This three three five. And they kind of made a statement that, like, yeah, Robbie is an elite athlete, but Payne's a pretty damn good runner, too. Like, I think to me, this is a game where Payne's going to have to go off running the football. Like, it, like this is classic Hugh Freeze zone read, uh, quarterback running type football game where you, you try to get a, a, a heavy box. And what's the weakness for Texas AM? And you go back and watch their defense versus Miami. Shit, watch their defense last week. Those DBs are not good yeah. at all. They they are sus. So okay, so that's like, my question. I'm not saying like it, Auburn. I'm not saying Auburn's world beaters at receiver. Yeah, but like Fayweather at at tight end is really legit. They're gonna find ways to get him matched up. Like they got a couple decent guys that can make plays, 
I would say their receivers are better than than AM's DBs. It's just a matter of can you get AM out of out of too deep? Can can you run the ball effective enough? So okay, so that is my big question then. Um since you watch this Auburn team so closely, yeah, I mean, like, go ahead and try to predict that. Like, AM's defense may be bad, but is this Auburn offense going to be able to take advantage of it? Because I feel well, like AM's they're bad against the pass. No they're, they're good against the run. They're good against the run. They're bad against the pass for AM. Like, I like the, I like what the front seven's doing. It's just so that like when feels, teams are on okay, the ball. So that feels like AM should win this game. They're at home yes. as well. Like, I feel like yeah, AM. No, I agree. Yes, I, I think AM should win this game. And plus, Auburn defensively, mm, not not consistent this year, especially getting after the quarterback. I think I think Wegman is just right now he's feeling himself. He's playing great football. He's getting it to all his receivers. Um, they, they are the better team in there, and and once again, they're better in the key positions that I'm looking for. They are significantly better at the quarterback spot. They're significantly better at the receiving position, and um, you know I, I give the defense a, a a coin flip of who's the better defense right now between the two of them. Look, don't get me wrong. I think, uh, like I told you, I think the Jimbo era at AM has run its course. Like, I think they have who's the better coach? Paid 70 mil. Um, now Hugh Freeze, easily. Um, but mm. so I think the Jimbo thing has very clearly run its course, but I still think they win this game. If they lose this game, do you actually realize what a disaster that is for AM? Like, like there's no excuse that Hugh Freeze in year one. Should be needing Jimbo and Tex AM in year seven mm -hmm. or whatever this is. Mm -hmm. Like that. And I know we've, like you kind of alluded to earlier, we played this disaster game with Tex AM so many times, but this would feel especially bad this year for all the reasons mm -hmm. we just said. Cause on paper, AM should win. So yeah. drop your nuts, Aggies. Um, you know what? Just make sure you get to yell practice on Friday. Okay. If you yeah. go to yell practice on Friday, y'all are definitely going to win. How come we're not doing that anymore? I was really loving trolling AM's uh, yell leaders. Did they stop putting that out there? Like, is that not after, public after anymore? The disaster that happened last year. Yeah. The, uh, woo! Uh, giga. I guess, I guess it really hasn't been a lot of juice for their two home games this year New Mexico and UL Monroe. So. Yeah, they, they 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 they've been more warming up in anticipation for this first SEC home 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 game for Auburn. Can't wait to see what the sweet three straight three straight hey, three straight home games for AM, Auburn, Arkansas, and then Alabama. Damn, this is like this is like that. the make this is the make or break time for Jimbo right now. These next three weeks of if you're going to keep your job next year, I, you got to win at least two of them. But if you can win all three, whoo. Bro, that man narrative change real fast. Um, they, got, they got Alabama's number right now. They yeah, Alabama's true. number. Uh, worst freeze puns. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So he's trying to Brum is trying to predict what the uh, yell leader practice will consist of. The insults, worst freeze puns. Batman and Robin or yell leaders on Friday. Uh, at least Batman and Robin had Arnold delivering freeze puns while playing Mr. Freeze. Like that, that's fucking excellent. The yell leaders will be cringy like they always are. Mm -hmm. I will always say this for AM fans, though. They are psychotic in their belief and their passion. Like yeah. they always think it's it's about to turn. It's about to work out. It's finally about to be good. And maybe it will. You know, SEC's down. Mm -hmm. Like the door is wide open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll see. We'll see. So we think AM should should win this thing. Yeah. Uh yeah. up next, another SEC battle. Uh, where's LSU ranked even right now? I don't know, like 12 or something. 12? Like I think 12. I think so. So Arkansas yeah. 
at LSU in Tiger Stadium. Uh, I watched Arkansas BYU for an hour for an hour and a half last night. Aaron went through all the film, and I think it wasn't LSU. as bad as I thought it would be. I didn't think it was as bad as so. I thought it'd be. So I come away deeply unimpressed with Arkansas's D line. LSU's yeah. O line is going to like Arkansas's D line looks big. But they're entirely ineffective. Landon Jackson. There's nothing like super impressive. There's nothing like super impressive about Arkansas, but there's nothing that's like complete crap either. They're just an average football team. They that that yes, I would say on the whole that's true. I do feel like the D line is a little Mm -hmm. is is a little bad. Mm -hmm. Is a little bad. Um I mean they could they just can't get pressure. Like they they don't win in the pass rush uh unless they add numbers in. Now, granted, BYU's a good O line. But I think LSU's better, even. So, uh, I, and, and even the Arkansas offensive line and the offense as a whole had like a great start. And I was yeah. like, okay. I was like, okay, you know what? Actually, they're going to be able to, like, they'll have success against LSU's defense. But then as the game goes on, Arkansas just completely fell apart. They don't have receivers. I told you, man. Like, they, they, they hit the portal hard, got a bunch of receivers from, from smaller conferences, like group of fives or smaller divisions and brought them in. And, and, Right now, it just seems like the the speed and the size of playing some of these, you know, other teams are just not they're not ready for it. Like their best their best guy right now, and who they were super excited about when I was with them in spring is their tight end Luke Haas, who I think had four catches for like eighty yards last week and a touchdown. Like he's a little bit of a, a matchup guy that you can move around. He's an athletic tight end, little undersized, but but you can get him on a linebacker. You know, maybe him versus Perkins could be an interesting situation. But like. Their their weakness on offense is their receivers going against LSU's weakness on defense, which is DBs. And I, I just don't think they're good enough on offense to create any sort of stuff. Like you turn on the film for Arkansas this entire season, and and there are rarely times where KJ's throwing the ball and a guy's running open. Bro, like BYU having to thread had the needle up. If BYU, yeah, I is know. manning you up. And you can't th- and 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 you can't win those battles, and you're in the SEC. That's a bad sign. It's a bad Where's sign. Rocket, where the hell's so, Rocket? I don't know, man. If, if Rocket plays, I do think they change a lot as well because I felt like their mm. backs were very slow and kind of undynamic looking last week. Like not making the, the the thing that I worry about too, Aaron is KJ didn't look fully comfortable. The O line started losing pass rush bad at the end of the game. You had a couple forced fumbles come in, getting smoked in the blind side. I mean, last chance pass of the game, you got a chance to win it. And what happens? The left tackle just whiffs and he gets lit up. So, like, I think this is another game where Harold Perkins shines yep. the interior defensive line. So, in the end of the day, I think LSU clearly wins, wins by double digits. This, this Jane Daniels offense, this LSU offensive line are just so dialed in right. Oh, how about this, Aaron? We looked it up today. Arkansas, too, defensively has played single high man about 50% of the time this year. I don't think you want to play single high man against Malik Neighbors and company right now. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Like LSU doesn't attack the middle of the field. So so I would have to imagine they come out with a different game plan. Like last year, they ended up dropping eight a ton. Maybe they do yeah, but that the, again. Pro- the problem is The problem is like right now, and this just goes to just how good LSU is offensively, like, yeah, you can tell you want, like, hey man, let's drop eight. Let's go to cover two. Let's let's play two safeties high. Like, let's not let Jaden, who is red hot right now at 74% completion, you know, pick us apart with neighbors and Thomas and Lacey and Hilton and Mason Taylor if he's back at tight huh. end. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. I mean, this is one of the best, if not the best receiving cores in America. And you have a quarterback that has improved significantly as a passer. So let's just play too high and protect. Well, 
The problem is now, like, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, like Logan Diggs looks phenomenal running he the does. football. He does. He looks really good. Caleb Jackson adds some juice too. It's going to be yeah. John Emery's second game back, and we'll yeah. see what he looks like until the rotation. But like now all of a sudden, you have an offensive line who with the adjustment on the right side is playing really physical, uh, one of the better offense lines in the conference, and you have really good running backs. So like, okay, oh, fine, you're talking conference, two. dude. I think, I think, I mean, I think LSU is the best O line in the conference. There's, not a, weakness, Maybe there's not a weakness on this. The, the, week one versus FSU, the reason why they didn't have as much success, they didn't have running backs. They now have running backs, and this is a balanced attack where you can't go in the cover two because then you're just going to run on you. And if you want to go single high, Jaden has been deadly accurate with the football. Like, I love this offense. I think it's the yeah, best offense too. in the SEC. Well, and and to be clear, I still maintain, and this is why I was probably going so hard on FSU earlier, I still maintain that was more about just FSU being good because you turn on the tape and those are fucking dudes that the Seminoles yeah. have on defense. You turn on most college tape and it just doesn't look like that. No. The bodies don't. Um, so I think LSU wins by double digits. The 18's a little hard for me. I think I'm going to lay off Arkansas it. Scoring. I don't see Arkansas scoring. So you don't think how, is, the how does Arkansas score? Uh, how does Arkansas score? They, they, they looked uncomfortable against Purdue. They how were 31 21 halfway through the third and lost 38. See, I, I could see like LSU win this game like 35 to 10. Shit. I mean, I kind of can too, man. I don't know. And it's in the entire stadium. Night game. I think night LSU game. fans are starting to see like, okay, like that first game sucked, but like this is a. Really good football team. Seven o'clock or six o'clock local six time. Six o'clock, yeah, six local. Give me LSU big, 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 big. I, I think LSU big as well. I'll let you all know on Friday whether or not I'm playing the bet. Uh, but 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 I feel very comfortable predicting LSU win here again. It's yes. kind of like last week against Mississippi State. I would be shocked and appalled if they didn't mm -hmm. find a way. Which credit last year Arkansas without KJ Jefferson should have beaten LSU if it yeah. wasn't for Harold Perkins. So we'll see. Um, next on this list, Aaron, I'm calling this the battle of the bastards. They put a couple of poor misfit toys that nobody wants. They've thrown them out. Who else could I be talking about? But Oregon state and Washington state mm -hmm. two very good football programs, both ranked, both played the best football they played in years and yet being left behind by everybody else in the pac 12. I feel awful for so, these programs. Mm. I feel happy that these programs get to square off in such a big moment here. It's sad. Game day should have gotten there just like, just to give them some love. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, so you sad. can't skip Ohio state Notre Dame, but I feel you. I feel like I again, the battle of the bastards. Like it's sad. These yeah. are very talented programs that nobody wants. You know, the crazy stat is you, you go back, you go look at Washington state right now. They don't have a rusher over a hundred yards this season. They don't have a single rusher over a hundred yards through the first three games of the season right now. I think that's like me, season statistics, like season statistics, not oh, like a single wow. game. They don't have one rusher. Cam Ward has 95 total yards rushing and Payne has 95 total yards rushing. Like this is, so I, haven't I haven't watched a lot of Wazoo. What do they just throw it around all the time? Just yeah. Cam, Cam just kind of runs around. Yeah. Cam runs around a bunch. I mean, obviously he's okay, yeah, Cam Ward's with 32 carries per game right now. Nine yeah. touchdowns, no picks. And I like Cam. Like you know, I talked about Jeez. him again this season. Like he's he's you know he's been big in the season. I'm trying to remember what was it? it was Wisconsin was the game I watched a couple weeks ago, and um, he won the game for them. Man, he was great. I just think this is this this defense is going to be too good to be a little bit one dimensional. Um, mm. And I like what they're doing on offense. 
you know, it's funny. Like this is a big weekend for DJU. Like if Clemson loses yeah. to Florida state and Oregon state finds a way to win this football game, which I think they should win this football game. And DJ plays well, which he's, he's played well for the majority of the season. Like, man, that that's a, that's an ultimate flex for him. So I think he goes out there, plays well. I, I like their offense. I just think Oregon State's the more balanced football team in this game. I think they're the better defense as well. Um, but it's going to be a good game. Like Cam Ward is, is it, it, it kind of goes to like what I'll talk about a little bit tomorrow with Colorado versus Oregon. It's not like an extreme difference in talents like that game is. But anytime you have like a, a quarterback that is as, as creative as Shadur is or, or Cam is, like those guys always give you a chance because they can always create a, a home run play like that. Like he's an, yeah. he's a home run play ready to happen at all times, which can always keep you in the game. I just don't know if, if they're going to get me into those opportunities. So, okay. We, okay. How would you answer this? Who's the better quarterback between Uyunglele and Cam Ward? It's Cam Ward, right? I mean, statistically it's Cam Ward, but in your film evaluation. I like DJ more as a quarterback. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. Then that I makes think more. Cam's a great athlete. I think Cam's a great athlete and can make plays. Well, but I'm not talking NFL prospect. I know. I, mean, I know, which is hard for college me. college quarterback. I'm talking in terms of a college quarterback, who is the better guy? Again, Cam Ward's I would still take DJU. are pretty much unapproachable, take, despite having played DJU. better talent or better teams. I was, watch you take that. Okay. Yeah, but it goes back to balance, though. Like, Oregon State is a more balanced football team. Like, they're running the football. Like, Martinez has 351 yards on the season, nine, almost a nine-yard average. I mean, Washington State beat the hell out of Colorado State, beat Wisconsin badly second year in a row, and I don't care about the Northern Colorado game. Ah, mm. We're going to see. Uh, Oregon State's defense right now is giving up like 11 a game, but they ain't played nobody. So, again, it's a classic prove-it situation. You know what? I'm going to fade you here. I'm oh. going to fade you here. I think Cam Ward's better than DJU. Games in Pullman. I think Pullman has magic. Um, I think Washington State pulls up the upset here. Uh, this hat. I've got my college football games brought up right here. Give me a second. Roll F. State. They have Oregon uh, State. State. Oregon State minus favorite. three. Uh, minus three. Yeah, I will be betting Wazoo Moneyline here. I'm going to try wow. to get it. Yep, yep. I'm going to try to mm. get a little juice for Aussie. the home team. Let's go. Cam Ward and Pullman, baby. Um, I'm just more excited to watch this. What time is it? Oh, it's going to be at Seven. 6 p.m. as well. Shit, I'm not going to be able to watch till the next day, probably. More more so. A mm. um, lot of good games, man. Got to have a lot of screens rocking and rolling this weekend. I can't wait to be back in the office. Uh, and then finally, our last game of the show today, Iowa at Penn State. Back to Happy Valley we go once again. And uh, it's going to be a whiteout, so I need to offer an apology. Because when I when when Penn State did the whiteout against West Virginia, I didn't realize they did two a year. Uh, I do believe the whiteout to be one of the more powerful college football traditions. I think in a big game, it can actually bring you juice, and um, it's going to be a good one. I mean, it's funny though, Aaron, and and thinking about this game, I'm guilty of kind of ignoring Iowa as a player and treating them more like an NPC, where it's just like okay. What can the player, what can player one, Drew Alar and Penn State, what will they look like against Iowa? And then I'm going to try to carry that. Like, like I'm giving Iowa no chance of threatening for the Big Ten. This is just about whether or not Penn State can prove that yeah. they could threaten Ohio State or Michigan. 
and I was not impressed with with Alar last weekend. And I was kind of like, man, like you know, Iowa's not a bad football team. We know Iowa can play pretty good, good defense. And I'm and I'm I'm watching tape this morning and drinking my coffee before the kiddos wake up. And uh, I almost spit my coffee out because I've I've watched Iowa's offense. And I want to see like what does Kate McNamara look like? And I really haven't watched their defense as much this year because like it was probably gonna be same thing, just a really good, solid, fundamentally sound defense. And I turn it on and I see two white DBs. I see yeah. a white corner, I see a white, white safe. I'm like, what is going on? Yes. <laughs> almost spit my coffee out. My wife is like, what's up? I was like, two white guys on defense playing DB. This ain't good. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Like now, I've told let's you a story. Remember, like though, let's white DB alert is a is a real thing. Is a real that thing. is true. That is true, Aaron. But remember, last year they had Riley Moss, who was a yeah. dog. White DB went to the Senior Bowl, balled out. Hasn't played in the NFL yet. He got hurt, so he's been inactive for two weeks. But I think when Riley Moss is healthy, we're going to see a white corner in the NFL again. And where did he come from? Iowa. So I, I feel you on the white guy alert. Like a Cooper that, I, DeGene, I, I I'm looking at this DB. Like, can you just pull up his picture right now? And Cooper it just is not really nearly as cool of a name as Riley Moss. I know, but just look. He, he looks like a little frat boy. He looks like a little frat boy. Oh my and god! I hope he's he a has, great kid. He has the I TikTok know. flop. He has the high and tight of the TikTok flop. It does look like a fast white boy, though. You know, I will say that uh, they play a lot of cover too. They protect those corners, which as they should, they protect them. All I'm uh, saying is, is, I understand white guy alert, but I know, I know, but Dude. Iowa has also made a career of overachieving white guys, right? Like yeah. that, that is yeah. Kirk Ferentz defense. He's made a life of that, that of taking a three star white defender and making him tenacious and effective. Like that, <laughs> that is Kirk, that is Kirk over and over again. Um, um, I, I, mean, think, okay, I think it's going to be. I know Pitt State has running no, back. No, they don't. They have the weapons on the outside. Well, so two things. So sticking on. So sticking on an aisle real quick. Like I think Kate has actually played well this year. But the problem is, you look at this game right now, and their best receiver, who's a tight end, uh, Lachi. I put. I think believe it's called Lachi. Is uh, Luke Lachi going to be out for the football game? Two of their top running backs, Patterson and Johnson, both going to be out. So you're going to be out your best receiver, and you really don't have any good receivers. You're going to be out two of your top running backs, uh, and you're going against a really 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 good defense in penn state like this penn state defense is nasty yeah. and it's at home and it's a white out uh i don't think iowa unfortunately they, this this ain't gonna help that 25 point average like yeah. you may not they may not get double digits in this game like i don't see yeah. it happening no i think I that's the biggest iowa. difference i think like iowa will not be able to score against penn state uh yeah 14 and a half point spread on this one, so uh, Vegas agreed like that this 24 was a field to seven game, something like that. Twenty-seven seven, but that kind of that I'm kind of goes play. back to my original point, right? This isn't really about what can Iowa do. This, unfortunately, I, mean, I hope they prove me wrong and make this exciting pull of upsets because I love mm -hmm. upsets. But like this, more feels like okay Over under forty. If you can, uh, if you can, uh, always bet the under on Iowa. Um, yes. But this is like Drew Larm. If you can prove to be dynamic and explosive and successful against a Kirk Ferentz defense, I won't doubt you going forward. If you go out there and play really big, Penn State wins really big, then all of a sudden maybe we're talking about Penn State, maybe beating Ohio State, maybe beating Michigan. Until then, I'm mm. not giving them that credit. So it's, big a big, it's a big proving game for quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Like You have two young quarterbacks for Ohio State and Penn State that that right now both those teams are looking at like how can we beat Michigan 
and it comes down to it's going to come down to quarterback play. Like, so both these quarterbacks have a lot to prove for me this weekend, and I think Drew Alar for me has a lot to prove after what I saw last week. And I think the biggest difference between him and Ohio State is he doesn't have stud receivers on the outside. Like he's kind of handicapped right now. Like, yeah, there's a big expectation for this kid to be a superstar and to win the Big Ten for you and to lead you to your first playoff. I get all that, but there is not a lot of support for him to go out there and do that besides the running game. Yeah, it's they like Monday night. Unfortunately. I, I love listening to Unk and Ocho on uh, their new volume football recap shows. It's like they were talking about Monday night. Like uh, George Pickens sure does make Kenny Pickett look pretty good. You know, yeah. like if, if, you, if you have George Pickett, yes. that, that goes a long way towards helping mm. you as a quarterback and making you look awesome. Um, they don't get that at Penn State, sadly. They don't got that. So, Brum, in the chat, you put over under a 40 dot, dot, dot. And I think the point is like, wow, what a low number. But I would love to see when in the fuck was the last time I was hitting 40 in terms of over under. I mean, I've seen it in the high 20s. We've seen it in the low 30s. 40, I mean, bro, that's an easy hit. Easy. I'm hit. taking that. That 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 may be my lock of the week right there. You know I love me some good unders. Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, most sharps do, but I'm not yeah. sharp, so I don't. Um, all right, that's it. That is day one of two days of college football previews. Rare. I don't think it's ever happened on snaps before. We've had such a full weekend that we had to break down the preview shows into two days. So really excited for that. Um, tomorrow's show, Ole Miss Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Colorado, Oregon. Um, a massive thank you to Pat Gunther, Ryan Brumley, Danny Cardenas, Chris Tran, Christian Hunter, Adam Gracia, everybody on the Snaps team. A huge, massive thank you to everybody who listens uh, and rates and reviews it. Or you get on YouTube.com slash at uh, Volume Snaps and you like it, um, share, you know, subscribe. All of this stuff helps. Uh, and thank you, Aaron Murray, for your invaluable insight and that beautiful smile and fade and Heath that we enjoy every single day. Um, we love you all. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow on a brand new episode of Snaps. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.